let's start off like this, man. How would you explain what the logos is to somebody that has no idea? They never heard of the logos. How would you sublimate that idea to them? Oh man, it's a good question. I know it's quite I, deep. <laughs> well, and there's a lot of different directions to go, right? Mm -hmm. That's the other challenge. I guess I would probably just say that the logos is the mind of nature and of the universe. I think that's probably the simplest way that I could summarize it. It it could be God if you want to look at it that way, but it's tricky because the word God is burdened with a bunch of baggage from Orthodox mainstream Judeo-Christian traditions in particular. And so when we think of God, we have this image of a invisible bearded sky daddy sitting up in the sky, judging us and all that fun stuff. That's not at all what the Logos is. The Logos is impersonal, I would say. It's not choosing favorites necessarily. It doesn't have a chosen people. It's not wrathful. It's not jealous. It's not basically like anything described in the Old Testament God. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's completely different. It's the intelligence of nature is how I look at it. The intelligence and the mind of nature. And if you look at nature and you study it, you'll see that it's very intelligent. There's no doubt about it. And so the logos is just one concept of nature's intelligence. That's good. That's good. Hmm. Now, one thing that came up when I was doing, I guess, research of the logos is how it means order in Greek. But so does yeah. cosmos. So mm -hmm. what is the difference between cosmos and logos? And from my understanding, cosmos is nature. Mm -hmm. Logos, as you just described, is like the intelligence of nature. How mm. nature, I guess, moves in a way, right? Yeah. The, the Shakti energy. Would mm. you say that's an adequate description? I think so. I I think it's important to draw the distinction that you just drew, which is the difference between the physical universe and the mind that is within it directing its activities, right? Yeah. Just like you have a physical body and then you could say that you also have a mind that animates the body. Yeah. The logos animates the material universe and it's mm -hmm. in the material universe, at least according to the Stoics. It's not like it's separate from matter, it's in matter, which is I, I think another important distinction to make because the logos is in you, right? Mm -hmm. It's 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 not just in the universe. You are the universe, so that's another sort of extension of this whole notion: is that you you are the logos expressing itself yeah. here and now. Yeah. So, would you say it's like how this matter is arranged, or the arrangement of the matter is the logos? As in, it's not just like a solid. Like it's not just the cosmos it's not just like a a painting like a that doesn't move the logos is the difference it's almost like this is might be not the best metaphor in the world but you could say like the logos is like the movie it's the flowing of the matter when a cosmos is just like a it's a simple picture an unmoving mm. picture you know I, like i said that might not be the best metaphor but it's like it's it's a motion picture it's how the picture comes to be um, enlivened in a way, you know? Yeah. 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 I can see that. I think, yeah, the activity itself, what's behind the activity, right? Yeah. When you're, when you die, your body doesn't, it stops being active, right? It just kind of goes dormant. So the thing that gives it life, that makes it animated, that directs it essentially, I would say that the Stoics were right in saying that every person has a piece of the logos within them because your reasoning faculty, your mind, your ability to think that according to the Stoics is uh, a shard of the logos that is in you. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I think you're right to associate it with the movement, the activity, the, the dynamic aspects of the universe. That's definitely where the logos is at. That's how you know it exists is through its activities. Mm-hmm. 
that's important, man. Like you said, how the logos, it's not like this external thing, just like the external sky daddy, like you talked about yeah. it's in us. It is us, you could even say. And that's what is important is that we can attune ourselves to this thing. Not That's not even a thing mm -hmm. called the logos and be at one and find a more natural flowing essence in the way that we live. That's powerful stuff, man, to be able yeah. to do that. But it's real. And I feel like once one does tap into the logos, um, I don't know. Less suffering ensues, honestly. <laughs> yeah. This may seem like oversimplified to say it that way, but really, it's like you're either with it or you're not. And if you're not with it, you're just going against the grain. And going against the grain essentially just brings about suffering in our life, mostly mental suffering. I'm not talking about like physical pain that happens mm -hmm. to us, but that kind of like that just, you know, everyone knows what that feels like to just, just to not be with it to not be with the flow to not be in an essence of flow um so once you do align yourself with this internal logos there is just a natural subjective flow it's different for all of us just like as the logos of <laughs> the logos of uh of i don't know anything is different from everything the logos of a tree is different from the logos of a bird but it's still associated with the logos with the capital yeah. l you know so it's interesting there's like this it's a different differentiation but yet it's all one it's all one logos but differentiated in different subjective parts yeah non-dual yeah the logos is the same but it expresses itself differently through mm. different material forms so the logos expressing itself in a table it just tables, right? Yeah. But the logo is expressing tables. itself in Gary. It's in much Gary. more dynamic. It has it. It Gary's, but that's a lot of different things, right? Yeah. Garying means a lot of different things. It means podcasting. It means working. It means being a friend. It means thinking. It means feeling. You know, all these different things. So I think, in my mind, the complexity of the form gives the logos more freedom of expression. Mm. So a very simple form, like a rock. It doesn't have many options on how to express itself through that form. The logos is limited by this very simplistic, rigid form. But as the forms get more complex, and human beings being the more most complex form on Earth, I would say, then it starts to be able to express itself in all of these novel ways. And so, you know, when Carl Sagan says we are a way for the universe to know itself, we are a way for the logos to know itself and express itself in new, interesting configurations. Yeah, man. That's good. A way for the logos to know itself. It seems like that's the point of this thing. It seems like, how do I put this, man? This is like, it's all hitting me at once now. Um, <laughs> Take your time, brother. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where to start. Because I almost feel like once you do align yourself with this internal logos of the universe, it seems like uh, a natural sense of meaning or uncovering meaning in one's life in the entire universe comes about, right? Yeah. And I think that is the logos. That is the meaning. So in other words, the meaning of life is to pursue the meaning of life. Does that yeah. make sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So what am I getting at that? Uh, it's like it makes life this sort of adventure that never ends and that's in that's the beauty of it it's like you figure out that there is a mystery to be unveiled and it's a constant ever-changing ever novel mystery that you're you're not only in you're also of you're part of the mystery unfolding every day and every minute that goes by and you your job is to uncover the mystery and be the mystery at the same time. It's like I said, it's all coming in at once here, man. Sorry if this is a little overwhelming, but I think, I think you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I do. Yeah. It's got, it's a circular effect, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right, man. Because you're, you're the mystery studying the mystery. And as you uncover the mystery, <laughs> you realize that you're the mystery and the mystery is you This like, you're out there searching for something and eventually it leads you back to yourself and you realize, holy shit, here it is. It's been here all along. 
Uh, right. But what is it? So that's where it gets tricky. (laughs) It gets tricky because you're, you are it studying it to find out what it is. You know what I mean? It's, it just goes around and around. It just keeps going. That uncovers it and just keeps uncovering it. Yeah. That's the beauty, man. But it's like, that seems overwhelming in the way that we just explained it. Because like we said before, I think before we started recording, um, you can't explain these things with words like logic doesn't really, um, I know that seems counterintuitive because logos actually comes from logic. I'm sorry. Yeah, logic. I think it's, yeah, reason, I think is yeah. logos and reason are, but it, logos is one of those words that means a lot of different things. Like as we can talk about in a little bit, in the gospel of John, they translate logos into word. So the English translation for logos in this context is word. Um, in Chinese translations of the same book, in the beginning was the Tao. So Tao, word, and logos are interchangeable to some extent in those languages. Yeah. So they're pointing towards a similar thing or the same thing, but slightly different concepts. Mm. I also heard somebody else explain it as like the blueprint of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. That's a the pattern. Yeah. The patterns of the universe. Yeah. I heard a good metaphor for it. Um, I'm going to try to not butcher it. Let me see. Hmm. You're going to succeed. Yeah. Let's, let's see. So there's, there's the letters O, D, and G, right? Three letters. It could mean dog or it could mean God. That's like the cosmos, right? That's like the, the atoms we could say. But mm-hmm. how they're arranged, how those atoms are arranged, comes forth from the logos. Right. And you could look at that literally atomically, like how these how these atoms, H2O, come together and are formed in a cosmic manner is from the, the blueprint of the logos to form water. Mm-hmm. But you could have hydrogen atoms that are outside of the configuration of H2 and O and be present in a different form. But because they came together through the blueprint of the logos to form water, it creates this, um, it creates meaning in a way. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing with the letters, the symbols of O, D, and G. It's, you can either mean dog or it could mean something completely different. Even though I do think dogs are godly, it could mean <laughs> God. I think that made sense, right? That was a, that's yeah. a, it's a simple metaphor, but it's all about like how the symbols come together and be arranged. And getting back to it, what we said before, we, are a part of that we can arrange our life to be with uh, the arrangement of god the blueprint of god the Tao. we really can it seems a little grandiose right just trying to explain it but it's actually quite simple and it starts personally speaking i think by just slowing down and slowing down your mind enough to be able to notice that there is some kind of flow there's always energy it's always some kind of way to live that is more conducive to happiness. But you got to slow down and um, get your head out of the matrix. You know what I mean? Get your head out of the noise of TikTok and Fox News. And I got to do this and I got to make so much money and I got to look this way so I can impress this person. Or, oh, what did I do 10 years ago when I said this and it made me feel embarrassed? Like all of these stories, those are all falsity. But the true story, the story of, of God of the logos, it's always there for us to attune to, but not if you're tuning in to other arrangements. You can either tune in to dog or tune in to God. Mm, right. <laughs> yeah, I it's hard to hold sense. both at the same time, right? Yeah, man. Um, it's powerful stuff, but it's it's real. And Oh, I uh, agree. I think you touched on a good point too, which is something that I've discussed in the past with people when it comes to Taoism and going with the flow, mm-hmm. people will say, well, then shouldn't I just go with the flow of society and and do what everyone else is doing? And it's like, no, going with the flow of nature 
often means going against the flow of society. It yeah. often means going against the flow of popular culture. In fact, almost always, if you want to be in alignment with the Tao, you will be out of alignment with modern human civilization mm-hmm. in most parts of the world. Amen to that, man. Because what we've created here is, quote unquote, and I hate to use this term, unnatural. I hate to use this term because anything that exists is natural. Even synthetic chemicals were derived from nature, natural products. Everything starts off as natural. But it, it is unnatural because it's it goes against the natural order of things in so many ways. Like, for example, the fact that we have waste. No other creature on this planet creates waste. Humans do. That's a sign that we're not in alignment with the actual order of things, right? So being in, in alignment with civilization, you're going to throw a bunch of garbage away. You're going to have a bunch of plastics that you're recycling. Being in the flow of civilization is going against the flow of nature in that case because nothing in nature wastes. Oh, right. Interesting. I like that. Infinite growth is another thing that we're our entire capitalistic model is based on infinite growth. Every quarter, the company wants to make more. Eventually, you can't make any more. You've got to understand that it's not natural. In nature, there are finite resources. If you use them all, the system will collapse. The ecosystem will collapse. That's the natural order of things. We are trying to do the opposite. We're trying to create infinite growth, which is completely against the flow of nature. So I think that's the important thing to keep in mind for people who are like, well, how do I get into alignment with the logos? What does that look like? It means looking at the grand scheme of things, not the little human scheme of things, which is just a little fake game that we've created inside a much bigger game, which is the cosmic game, right? There's only one set of rules. Human civilization, those aren't rules. Those are agreements. They only stand because we're all like, yeah, money's worth this much and this is the law. And No, human laws are an agreement. They're a story that we all agree on. That's it. The only true laws are nature's laws, the law of the logos. And if you want to be, like you said, happier, if you want to have more inner peace, if you want to feel more empowered, finding ways to align yourself with that logos is the key. Amen to that. I think I got a good quote to go on that. Yeah. Nice. This is from uh, 711 in Meditations, I think. If it's yeah. not, I'll correct it afterwards. To a being with logos, an unnatural action is one that conflicts with the logos. And my addition on that, if you conflict with the logos, you're pretty much conflicting with your state of peace, your state of mind, your just state of just being all together. You know, the just there's you're either with it or you're not, man. There's mm-hmm. some kind of you're either flowing with the river of the logos or you're going against the tide. We're in yeah. it. we're in the river either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a, that's a good metaphor too. swing swimming against the current. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do it. You're going to get tired and eventually the river is going to win. <laughs> you know what I mean? You yeah. can only swim upstream long, uh, for so long before you tire yourself out. And then you get swept along in the direction of the river anyways. Yeah. So it's like finding ways to navigate that river willingly instead of trying to cling to a rock and not go down the river, you know, or yeah, try man. to swim against the current. Surrender. Mm-hmm. Our unnatural world that we seem to have created in the 21st century is us just trying to fight against the river. We yep. have a lot of ways to try and stake our claim in the river and go against the flow. But either way, the water is going to erode whatever stake that is. It seems to be like, I mean, there's a lot of good things that in our society, obviously, like this technology we're using and the modern comforts that we have. Um, but it's almost like out of balance. It's like uh, we're not completely aligned with our greater potential that the logos could provide to us. Yeah. And um, it seems like every day that goes by, we are getting more and more out of balance. And we're trying to stake a claim more and more in the river, like trying to go against it. But it's like the more you go against it, the more it's going to push you further to go with the logos that's the thing too it's like um we find we find order through chaos it's almost like we find the logos the flow through the inertia of going against the flow Mm. yeah that's a good point and i think that makes a lot of sense because you have to test the flow 
It's not just intellectual. So you have to test. Yeah. And, and where you find the friction points or the points of resistance, that's how you know when you're going against the flow, right? Yeah, exactly. So in order to find out which direction the flow is going, you have to almost go against it to test it out. And then you realize, okay, this is not the way. <laughs> this is against the flow. So let's reverse course and try the other way, right? So in that way that we just described, it, it, it's almost like another layer to the logos where finding the logos uncovering the logos at a collective level maybe entails going against the logos hmm. so that we have to like in order to know the light there has to be a little darkness right, right. yeah it, it's like another layer of the logos is us not being with the logos so that we can know the logos right yes <laughs> Yeah, that's the trip, isn't it? Because in order to know itself, the logos has to become something else, <laughs> right? Or at least it has to trick itself into believing it's something else because you're the logos, I'm the logos, this this whole world is the logos. But by forgetting that we're the logos, it sends us on a search. And through that search, we may come to actually discover what we are. And it's it's a different layer of understanding because like the animals are one with the Tao right? Plants, trees, they're one with the Tao. They don't have to make an effort. They don't lose their way. They're in alignment, perfect, beautiful alignment with the Tao, with logos from the start all the way to the end. But humans, we lose our way. We fall out of alignment with it so that we can return to it in a conscious relationship instead of being unconscious animals who are just, you know, perfectly in the flow of things by default, we are out of it. So when we get back to it, it's a conscious relationship, a Mm -hmm. conscious awareness of what we are. So I think it magnifies the power. And that's why we are, we are so powerful, right? I mean, that's why humans are so powerful. That's why we can create technology like the one the technology that we're using right now to have this conversation or to fly you know into space or to do all these different things yeah man Hmm. that's the power of the logos expressing itself through these novel complex forms it starts to wind up and get you know so it's like an exponential growth curve right the the more we learn the more we learn the faster we learn it the more we develop it's like and right now we're about here (laughs) we're hitting that (laughs) that peak you know yeah Mm mm-hmm so let me ask you this one, man. Um, I think we touched upon this a little bit in the beginning. How would you associate Jesus with the logos? Because, you know, as they say in the Greek Bible, the OG Bible, he was the logos. Well, he, yeah, there was the logos and the logos became flesh. In How could you explain that? What does that mean? Well, I think we've already touched on it in this conversation when we talk about how you and I are the logos, you're the logos, I'm the logos. There's the logos is expressing itself through all these different forms. And I think when you wake up, whether it's the Buddha or Jesus, you're really just uncovering your true nature. I think Mm -hmm. that's the key revelation. And so when we read in John, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made. So the logos is the gateway to all creation. The spoken word, if you will, is the gateway to all creation, according to this. And so for me, Jesus is just a dude who realized, experienced himself as the logos. And ultimately, he was trying to help all of us discover this aspect of ourselves, but that's pretty dangerous for the powers that be. So they distorted his story to make it sound like he's the word and nobody else is the word made flesh, but you're the word made flesh, Gary. I'm the word made flesh. Yeah. Right. That's the conspiracy. They don't want you to know that, but I do firmly believe that it's all of us. Mm. Well, a Christian would say, I guess a true Gnostic Christian, if that's even the right way to look at it, that, Yes, we all are the word made flesh, but Jesus, whether he lived or not as a real guy, is the perfect epitome of the logos Hmm. in in human form. And that's what makes him different from all of us. I mean, you could, this is a huge debate in itself. Like, Mm -hmm. is is Jesus the, the man that we should all embody or can we all be our own Jesus? And uh, that's the difference between if you're a true Christian or not. 
If you see mm. Jesus as the, as the example, as the teacher, the one to lead us to the one within ourselves, um, that's, what, that's the difference, right? And I think I find that interesting. I've been diving into a lot of Christianity as well. Like mm. At the same time, I'm diving into um, Logos philosophy and Greek philosophy. I've also been getting into Christianity and seeing how they overlap. And I yeah. can... And I'm make it's making me into a kind of a Christian. I'm like, oh, Jesus was just like he was the prime example. Yeah. Not even just through his um, not even just through things that he said, you know, not even just through his sermons. His entire life, his mm-hmm. story was an epithet, I think that's the right word, to mm-hmm. how to be one with the logos translated into our lives. So that's why, and he was killed for it which is also part of the story. So it's almost like I see him as, like I said, not needing to exist, just his idea as us to translate into our life. And Mm. is it possible? Will we all be the perfect being like Jesus? I don't think so, but it's like this, like we said before, it's like uncovering the meaning is the meaning of life. And once you uncover the meaning of Jesus and his story, and what what was involved, what Jesus went through, um, it can bring a lot of meaning in our lives. Like there's something really special about Jesus. Like it's very strange, man. Learning more about the logos has made me more of a Christian, but not in the dogmatic form, you know, but I'm starting to see why Christians think how they think. But I don't even think Christians know that's why they think what they think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Hey, give me one sec, okay? I think somebody's at the door. Yeah, do you think, man? Okay, I'll be right back. A few moments later. So you were you were saying essentially, if I if I'm not mistaken, is there is there any way that the average person can achieve the kind of union with logos that Jesus appears to have achieved during his lifetime? Is that yeah. kind of what you're what you're asking? Yeah, pretty much. A true Christian would say that not really, but we should still strive for it. Right. I, and I think that's that's probably my answer too. I would say whether or not you can achieve any degree of, of success in it, you should still strive for it. I think so. And yeah. any amount of, I think it's in the Bhagavad Gita, any amount of progress in spiritual awareness will benefit you. You'll never, yeah. it'll never, it'll never be um, a detriment to you. Right. Yeah. To become more aware of who and what you truly are. So whether you have the full blown God realization and realize that the father and I are one or you just have maybe lower degrees of like, oh, there's a higher self in here that's like different from the <laughs> ego. And maybe I should lean into that, like whatever degree you get to. It's like mm-hmm. it's all beneficial. It's all good. What I will say, though, is like yourself, I've recently become a bit uh, like uh, enamored with Jesus in a way, which is very strange because like you, I spent all this time, you know, in stoicism and Eastern philosophy and stuff. And then only in the last year did I read the new Testament and I was blown away because it's like, Oh, of course he's like the way is the way is the way, as you say, right. It's like, Holy shit. That's the same thing. But what I, what struck me was that Jesus seemed to be giving us step-by-step instructions on how to discover and experience ourselves as we truly are. And so I think if you're looking to to experience yourself as the logos, figure out what he was telling people to do and try doing that, right? Don't judge, be present, right? Take care of people, be nice to people. Like he lays it out for us. It's not rocket science. It's not easy, but it's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. So I think anybody, if you follow those steps, you will experience yourself to some degree as the logos and you're going to have that experience and you're going to, then you're going to know what we're talking about, regardless of the words that we're using, right? Whether it's Dow logos or anything else, the experience is there. You're going to know exactly what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It becomes intuitive at a certain point. The biggest um, shift, I guess you could say, is when one becomes aware of the logos in one's life that you are a part of the logos, that you are a part of the cosmos, you are a part of God. That's the biggest shift. Once you kind of realize that, that's the difference between atheism and true God realization. And even mm. people that say they believe in God, I don't even think they have that realization. A lot of that is outward projection of God rather than yep. inward. But when you can truly like 
feel that and have an experience of that. And it comes in many different ways and flavors and how we get to that. Um, but once one feels it, man, mm, that's it. That's all you need. You just go with that and going with what? Honestly, man, here comes the cliche. It's love. It's really that simple. It's the logos of love in all moments of our life. How can we stay attuned to that loving force? Because that's what you, one will feel when one realizes this and feels God in their life. It'll be this overwhelming, unconditional love that just enters in. That mm. truly goes beyond the word love. But that's all that I can express it with is, is love. So how we tune into that, how we tune into the logos in our everyday life, I guess really just starting off, I would recommend just be a little more loving to the people around you, even the people you don't know, even the people that you don't want to be loving toward. Try it out. Try to see them as a part of the same God and same universe that you're in rather than they're fighting against me. They're part of a different tribe. They look different than me. They smell. They said this. All these different narratives. No. Adopt the narrative of love. And once one adopts the narrative of love, that is the narrative of the logos. And why would I do that? It's because it just, it's, that's happiness. And it's not even happiness. That's also another uh, generic word that we throw around. But for lack of a better word, it makes us happier to just be aligned with love. It really does, man. I said that plenty of times. <laughs> But I'll say it to the day I die. That's all we got to do is just be aligned with love, with whoever it is. And not it's some people, it's going to be tough. It's mm -hmm. going to be tough. Some people are very unlovable and that's okay. The best, some people, the best way that we can love them is just to not be associated with them. If that makes sense. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. A hundred percent. It's counterintuitive. It's paradoxical, but it makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah man. The best thing for you and them is to create distance at times. It's natural. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I got another quote on that topic. This is from Meditation 7, uh, 22. Mm -hmm. It is within a man's power to love even those who sin against him. Mm. This becomes possible when you realize that they are your brothers, that they wrong you unintentionally or out of ignorance, that in a little while you and they will be dead. And above all, that they have not really hurt you so long as you have not sullied your conscience or damaged your inner self by responding in kind. Mm. That's very Christian, isn't it? It is, right? But that's Marcus Aurelius. I know. But How that's, many years that's... before Christ? Was he after Christ? Uh, no, he was, he was after Christ. Yeah, he was, I think, well, hmm. I that was say, before Rome was a Christian state, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, he was burning Christians. He was throwing Christians to the lions uh, during his reign. So he didn't like the Christians That's at all. Crazy, and he's saying <laughs> Christian stuff. That's crazy, yeah, man. Because if it's only, not Christian. Wow. It's not Christian. It's not right. That, that this is the other thing that a lot of mainstream Christians don't understand is that their religion is uh, like a quilt, you know, a patchwork quilt of all these different spiritual traditions from the area kind of stitched together and so the stoics they had this thing called philanthropy love of humanity philia anthropos oh. right so philanthropy originally wasn't about giving away money it was about the love of humankind the love of humanity that's very christian as well right when jesus tells you uh you know love the ones that hate you like that's what that's what we're talking about here. It's easy to love the people that love you. It's easy to love the people that you love. It's the people that you don't love that you gotta love, right? Mm -hmm. That's the the highest commandment that they can give you. But yeah, the Stoics were there before the Christians, and they influenced the Christians, yeah. um, as did the Neoplatonists, as did you know uh, the Gnostics. A, a bunch of different groups influenced Christianity. So it's not that surprising to find. But yeah, that one was that you just read was very, very, very Christian yeah, <laughs> in, in nature. The important part of it is that we recognize that truly anything that anybody does to us in this may be easier to say now rather than in the moment, I recognize that, but anything that anybody does to us, we're only affected by it if we allow it. And I know one could say, well, what about if somebody's assaulting me? I get that. 
I guess it's more of like a mental thing, right? It's mm-hmm. more so hundred percent. It's more so like if somebody insults us or yeah, you know, yeah. It's it's more of a mental thing, and that's where turning the other cheek comes in as well. It's not yeah. a physical like Jesus wasn't saying if somebody hits you in the face to ask him for another. He was talking about <laughs> yeah. internally turning the other cheek is an mm-hmm. internal action. It's not a physical outward behavior. Yeah, it's something internally where somebody insults you. Epictetus says whenever somebody insults you. Say to them, if only you knew me better, you would have also thought to insult me about these things as well. Like instead of defending yourself, it's like, if only you knew me better, you'd have way more insults to throw at me. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like Mm -hmm. accepting it. Right. And then it robs it of its power. There's nothing that that person can say now to offend you because it's like, go for it. (laughs) You're not telling me anything I haven't heard before. You know what I mean? Like, I know myself. I know my flaws. Like, you don't have to point these out. Yeah. But uh, mine with the logos is like having a strong foundation within oneself. Sturdiness, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus, man, getting back to that, he even went to forgive those who physically punished him. And Mm -hmm. uh, that's why he is the one teacher, man. Him and all of his disciples, which followed suit. That's also part of the story is the faith that his disciples had in him. And I'm pretty sure most of them were killed. I think everyone except maybe John. I don't know. I'll look that up afterwards. But I think most of them were killed for the faith that they put in to Jesus. Like they didn't, yeah. they didn't, um, they, you know, they didn't go against his teachings when they, at the threat of death. And right. That's the epitome of Christianity, man. Forgive them, Father, for they don't know. Like I said, easier said than done, but I think that's why he is the epitome of the logo. So his whole story, man, more than just what he was saying, yes, what he was saying, but his whole story leading up to his day of of crucifixion, mm-hmm. forgive them, Father, for they don't know as he's on the cross. Could we do that? Could I do that? I don't think so, but it's <laughs> a good, like, it's a good mission it's a good yes. it's a good sense of purpose in our life to say okay well it's like uh it's an ever how do i put this hmm it keeps us aligned with a, a sense of meaning right a sense of adventure in our life i think we kind of touched upon this in the beginning and if you follow jesus you can you can slowly attune yourself to the logos and realize that you in a way are the spirit of Jesus. And it's this ever um, present meaning in one's life. And that's the beauty of Jesus, what I've come to find. Whether he he existed or not, the story of Jesus, of the logos, you could say, the blueprint of the universe is so that we constantly have meaning. We constantly have a, a purpose to wake up in the morning that goes beyond the bank account, like a moral hmm. refinement that's involved in all of our lives that truly gives us a a a meaning to be here and i guess uh it's just to getting back to it man it's just to become more loving and forgiving it really is i think that's the meaning of life man it's like we refine ourselves we're these faulty beings we fell into darkness and being human is just refinement refinement constant refinement constant come back Come back home to the Father, mm-hmm. and it's through our moral, uh, our moral actions that we do that. Our intentions yeah. and our actions that come forth with each other. Yeah, that's it. Well said, dude. <laughs> well said. Yeah. Sorry, going off a little bit. No, it's good, man. You know, I like it. I like listening to you, buddy. It's all constant good. purpose. And yeah, yeah. I like what you're saying too. The the meaning piece is interesting to me because I've always been of the mind that we we project meaning onto the universe but you're saying that there's already meaning inherent in it which yeah. I I also have come around on that view as well because it, initially I just thought no meaning is something that humans invent we project it on the world the universe itself is meaningless I no longer think that. Now I do think that we project meaning onto the universe, but that doesn't mean that the universe itself is inherently meaningless. I used to kind of conflate the two. And now I'm I'm coming around to what you're saying, which is that there is meaning here. There is purpose here. There is design and intention. You can see a pattern unfolding. There's there's it's going somewhere. Right. And we may, exactly. Yeah. We may not be able to determine what that endpoint is, but we're actually in the driver's seat. We're we're steering 
the direction of humanity right now by our own individual action. So we have a say in where it's going. We're co-creating ourselves as we evolve. And so I don't know if the meaning is just like you said, to create more beautiful meanings to project onto the universe or, you know, whatever, but there's definitely something built into this bad boy and the pattern, if you will, the logos. And uh, yeah, that is inherently meaningful. There's meaning there built into the universe. It's there even without humans to project it on there. It's, it's already there. Yeah, man. Well said. And I think there is a plan. Yes. You want to call it a plan. Uh Uh-huh that's being unfolded right before our very eyes that we are a part of. And if we could figure out what's being planned, what the end point is, like you said, I don't think we could. No, there's no way that we could. It's like outside of our feeble monkey minds. We can attune ourselves and feel that there is there is something going on, <laughs> right? It's more yeah. than just chaos. There is a sort of order. There is. Um, In the chaos. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it's not up to us to figure that out. Not that I would want to. I wouldn't even want to figure it out if I could. But it's up to all of us to be aligned with that. And I think that's what it means to be a human being. Align ourselves with that sense of order in our personal lives, in all of our dealings with each other. And that's all that matters. And in that way, it's actually quite simple. You know, we're not, we're not meant to figure it out. This is a constant mystery. And in that mystery, unveiling the mystery is constant purpose Mm -hmm. and that's it that's the beauty of this whole thing unveiling that constant mystery that is the logos yeah uncovering more and more of it as we go yeah yeah where it ends up why how i don't think it matters and it's really it's really the difference between entropy or momentum between creation or destruction that's the balancing act it seems like human beings are <laughs> it seems mm-hmm. like we're the intermediary between order and chaos <laughs> you know what i mean yeah absolutely yeah 100% it's in the tension between order and chaos that everything exists it's yeah. like the tension point between these two what we would call opposing forces it's yeah. it, it, when they when they go against each other, they create tension, and in that tension is the entire universe. It's like that's that's, that's yes, correct, yeah. We're we're the tension between meaning and meaninglessness. We, yeah, we bring meaning into this seeming. If you're just a materialist, a seeming meaningless universe. But once one aligns with this said logos, something comes about, something special. It's like art. You know, mm. so like a poetry of the cosmos comes about and that's it. It's just art, art for art's sake. And it's quite beautiful in that way. Yeah. Well, what is the sake of art in your opinion? <laughs> um, hmm, the sake of art. Right. <laughs> what's the, yeah, what's the impulse behind art? Why do we feel compelled to cre- to create? And I guess I, I'm kind of spoiling my own explanation here, but why do we feel this impulse to create beautiful things? I guess it's to create meaning. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think it's to create meaning out of, yeah, out of disorder. It's art is order. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Sort of um, patterns, right? It's, it may, yeah. it's, it's, I guess it's like, it depends what it is, but really coming down to it, it's patterns that we can recognize. And we all have in this like collective unconscious of ours. Like we see good art, it's because somehow the artist was able to interpret certain patterns, whether it's emotional, logical, however, onto yeah. the canvas and paint the picture for us, which thus creates meaning. So I guess a good piece of art is just something that is truly aligned with the logos mm. like, a, it's like an a, artist. a good mirror yeah an artist would say that inspiration they don't know where it really comes from a lot of people i think i heard someone i'll find out who it was after when i'm editing this but i think it was someone in the red hot chili peppers that said he doesn't know where he gets his inspiration for music I'll bring up the exact quote that I read, but he said it just like comes out of nowhere. And I think yeah. any creator can attest to that. Where, yeah. where does this, where does inspiration really come from? It just seems to spring forth from the moment. You know, sometimes just ideas just come out of nowhere, out of thin air. Mm-hmm. And that is just, 
that's just the meaning in the seeming meaningless world the meaningless mm. moment like that's meaning coming out of it that's literally the logos coming out through us through the like we said through where through the intermediary of us the instrument of the human being of order and chaos it comes forth through us through our hands and our mind <laughs> that's yeah. why we're here to create meaning yeah 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 <sighs> interesting eh we are what a artists. trip <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And I always talk about the art of living because really it that's, is. that's what it is. I mean, we've, we've had podcasts with that title before, I think where we named it the art of living, but it is yeah. really an art. It's an art form and your, your actions and your thoughts and your words are all contributing to this masterpiece called your life. Mm. And it's never complete until you die. <laughs> so yeah, the art where the masterpiece is never complete until you die. So every day is mm. an opportunity to create the masterpiece that you want to create, right? Because most of us have been creating something that's not really, like you said, it doesn't come from our own inspiration. It comes from society. It comes from our families, it comes from whatever. It doesn't last. No. No. And it's not yours, right? So it's like people who are unhappy with their lives, it's because they're painting someone else's masterpiece. It's not yours. You're <laughs> yeah. painting something that you don't want to paint. You're creating a piece of art that is not appealing to you because it didn't come from you. It was externally influenced into you, right? Yeah. Beautiful. Beautifully said. And what's the purpose of art? If we want to take that metaphor into the art of living, oh, excuse me, it's for others to witness the art, right? It lasts art truly lasts like we're looking at the art of the renaissance hundreds thousands of years later when was the renaissance you know 1500 right somewhere yeah like so somewhere around there right, yeah so not thousands but they will yeah. they're still gonna Centuries. look at it yeah oh yeah that's the purpose of art is to create yeah. something that outlasts you yes real mm. art but also your living like art yeah. like you know and that's the thing too is you don't not everybody's an actual artist but inherently in a way we are mm-hmm and I don't mean that like everybody is a painter. Everybody no. is a musician. No, like some of us like have our spirit outlive us. As in like my grandfather died a few years ago, but like his presence, his spirit is still here. So that in mm -hmm. that way, he wasn't an artist, but his spirit is still with me. So his way of living, his art of living is in me. And I think that's, that's all of us, man, is to have that that essence that is ingrained in us that comes forth our spirit be almost imbued with the future generations and that's how it's an art is that uh we somehow whether you are an actual artist or not like the future generations the love that you that you were is somehow imprinted into the future right and that's mm -hmm. the way that we we kind of live forever in a way <laughs> like our our essence, our, our art lives through others. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like your grandfather's life was a masterpiece and that masterpiece is still here influencing and inspiring yeah, right people. Now. Yeah. Right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The spirit. That's what's important, man. Like yeah. just being like a good father, being a good grandfather, mother, sister, brother. That's all it's really about. The art of living is the art of love. And when you live in the art of love, that lives forever. Love lives forever. And that's how it lives forever. Is it, it's like this thing that we trade with each other. I'll give you a little more of my love. Mm -hmm. I'll give you, I mean, that's probably a crude example, but it's like something that passes oh, on. Yeah, you know? I agree. Yeah. It's a two-way street that we, it, it's like this, it's God, that works through us. And once yeah. it works through us, it, it transcends time. It transcends space through the intermediary that we are between order and chaos mm. is love. Yeah. This is good, man. I don't know if it's this coffee or just <laughs> the vibes, the energy of today, me and you, but this is good. I know, I like it. Uh, th these talks for me, man, are, um, they're, they're like a meditation in themselves. A lot of these ideas that I say, I, I, don't, I don't plan these things. I just come on here with an open heart for the most part and just spew whatever comes forth. and. This is a learning experience for myself, you know, being with you, talking with you, you have some great insight. And then just being in the moment speaking, it's also like I'm teaching myself at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. I, I, uh, I think this is an honor to do this with you, man. 
Oh, right back at you, dude. And I feel the same way. I'm not, I don't have any plans of what I'm going to say ahead of time. It's just spontaneous. The spirit descends upon us and speaks through us and we just let it do its thing. And sometimes it sounds real nice and other times it sounds stupid, but it doesn't matter Yeah, because it's part of it. The stupid sounding stuff is just as part of the logos as the (laughs) wise, enlightened sounding stuff. So, you know, you just take it as a package. Yeah. At the end of the day, they're all just words. They're all just symbols. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that, and I think that's very important. Like we talked about it at the beginning, it's as long as you're seeking the experience of God, you just can't get lost in the words. Mm-hmm. If if you're seeking the knowledge of God, then have fun with that because that's a dead end road. The knowledge of God is supposed to bring you to the experience of God, of yeah. Logos, of Tao. Yeah. And if you're not using the words to get to the experience, then what are you even doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stop reading. Like yeah. every time I read scripture, the question in the back of my my mind is, so what? If I read something about like the Tao, so what? Okay. So let's say, you know, the Tao that can be named is not the eternal Tao. Okay. So what? What does that mean for me? Yeah. How does that change my experience of the world? How does that change the way that I perceive and behave in the world? If it doesn't change anything, then it's pointless and I don't need to hear it. I don't really care. You know what I mean? Amen. So to me, it's like, let's focus on what's important here. A lot of people are talking about the knowledge or the truth of God. And it's like, well, what about the experience of God? Because once you've had the experience, then the truth is no longer up for debate. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Wait, here you we know? are talking, you know? Yeah. Well, again, the, the point of this conversation is to hopefully point people inward to the experience that we're talking about. Yeah. And it's not just like, oh, look at how smart I am. Ha, 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 ha. It's, the, it's like the whole point of this conversation is to get to the experience. Otherwise, hopefully it's entertaining. But um, beyond that, there's not going to be much value in it. Mm. Amen, man. Amen. To yeah. That. And I think that's a good note to wrap this thing up at, to be honest. Yeah, brother. That was oh, awesome. Experience. Yeah. Yes, indeed. You have All right, my friends. You just want to keep it at that. No, I mean, like, uh, let's let's do one quote each just for shits and giggles yeah, from okay. from the, the different things that we pulled. Because there's some good ones. Just wanted to, to share one one from Marcus Aurelius, maybe. 12.19. It's time you recognized that you have something higher and more godlike within you than that which tweaks your emotions and pulls your strings. So what's controlling your mind at this very moment? That's something higher and more godlike. That's the logos, baby. It's in you. That's it. It's in you. That's it. You're either with it or you're not. <laughs> Honestly, let's just keep it at that. We'll keep it at that quote. <laughs> Sounds good, brother. All right, man. That was a pleasure. Yeah, as always. Time, effort, and wisdom for coming on here. Um, keep on keeping on. You bet. Peace and love. All right, brother. Peace. See you, man. Cheers.